reeds and weeds. <sighs> Is that you on the piano? No, it's my friend Jesse. Um, and we actually are now doing a piano karaoke night in Ann Arbor nice. at the Blue Llama, this really nice, nice jazz club. And so um, he can play anything. He's one of those people you just like during the pandemic, I would go over to his house and we were in each other's pods and didn't have shit to do because library go. shut down and he was a library guy. Mm. He's a wonderful musical therapy guy at Children's Hospital in Ann Arbor. So he literally plays music for that's so cool. It's so cool. And he can play anything. And so he come, you know, you come to do karaoke and he play. he's your accompanist and it's wonderful. So it's kind of like Sid Gold's down here in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. But I really wanted that. This time last year, I came down here and went to Sid Gold's around my birthday and I'm like, I want this in my backyard. I need yeah. to invent this. <laughs> and Jesse plays both places. So yeah, that oh, was, very cool. that was him. And hey, this is Shelly with Reeds and Weeds. I'm back with Dora Badger. Hello. Hi. We've only been trying to do this for two or three years now, <laughs> <laughs> on and off. Hey, you've got a bookstore. Yep. I read. Okay, I'll be there. No, but not now. But <laughs> I came on the wrong day. And that was like a year ago. I thought I was really getting close. <laughs> It takes me a year to do anything, too. Sure. So. I don't want to yeah. rush things. Do exactly. You know? We just went exactly. ramming in, just like blam. It would just, it would have felt like just crude. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Takes a while to read a book. What's the name of the store? Detroit Specials Used Books. We are inside of a bookstore. Which the first time I think I've done a show inside of a bookstore. It's super heavenly. And we're on John R. and Detroit, and there's kitties around. <laughs> there's <laughs> kitties jumping around everywhere. It's great. So tell everyone how we know each other. Okay. And then tell me how you started this life, because I've been dying to know. We started on the, we met on the comedy circuit yes, ages yes. ago. Ages. Ages ago. And um, I think I burned out around the same time you left, or maybe within about a year of each other um and I started selling books as a way to help support our work my work and my partner's work with rescue animals oh and I started selling them online uh -huh. and eventually we got so many books and had enough customers that it was just time to open a bookstore and unfortunately we were locked and loaded and ready to go right when the pandemic started oh my gosh really yep Yep. So we opened in the midst of a pandemic, obviously doing most of our sales online, but sort of just right. getting the place ready until we could actually physically open. Right. Oh my gosh. Yep. Wow. So are you, you're still doing rescues? Yes, we are. We so have. Tell me a little bit about that. Right now we have two foster cats here at the store that are being handled through Detroit Community Cat Rescue. Mm -hmm. uh, Charlie is a gray and white year old cat. And Beetle is, we think, about five months, orange and white kitten. And they're both just super sweet. Um, a mutual friend of ours, Lauren Uchalik. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And her family found them after a show. Aww. And she was, like, desperately on Facebook going, can anybody take these cats? We don't want to bail on them. Like, they're right. just wandering around all these parked cars. They right. were starving, like, incredibly underweight and just really sickly. And so I said, okay, we can take them. Of course. <laughs> 
but we need to find a rescue to partner with because I do, I have done like adoptions on our own, mm-hmm. like just, you know, myself and my partner and it's so labor intensive. I was like, can we please find a rescue? And Detroit Community Cat Rescue stepped up and they've been a huge oh, help. Oh, wonderful. And dogs ever or just cats? Oh, dogs, definitely. Um, yeah. We actually got started. There were so many strays in our neighborhood. Um, one of the first strays that we took in was a pregnant female that was just in the middle of the road and we partnered with a different group home forever rescue to adopt out her puppies and then we found another pregnant stray that we had been like actually trying to trap for a while and then it turned out she was pregnant and that one she was semi-feral but I managed to trap her in our backyard And she had been so connected with us, I guess, over several weeks as we were like feeding her and so on Mm -hmm. that she, she wouldn't walk on the leash, but she actually let me pick her up and carry her into the house, which I've never had a feral dog do that. And then she was like very upset with me for weeks. Um, But she had her puppies at our house and we still have two of them. And my daughter has one and we adopted out the rest. Oh, wow. Oh, I love that work. I think I know a few people who do that work um, and it's so sweet. It's just so like you have to have a certain kind of heart and patience and it's messy and it's heartbreaking (laughs) and you see (laughs) shitty things about people and, you know, things you wish weren't true. But the fact that there's people out there that just want nothing more than to (laughs) help dogs is it's so good. And yeah, I was trying to think when we met, did you come to like Firefly Funnies? Do you think it was that era? I, I Heidelberg? think so. Heidelberg, yeah, Heidelberg, for sure. oh my Heidelberg God. Sure. That was a long time ago. Um, Holy cow. And then were you ever part of the Women's Comedy Network with uh, Erica Lynn? I don't think so. I feel okay. like I ended up on shows that were part of oh, that. Okay. Yeah, yes. yeah, I think... Um, with a uh, Mark, whatever I can't remember his last name. I don't know. Um, he <laughs> he filmed a couple of shows that ended up part of that. Oh, or that en- that ended up on her um, cable show for a while. Oh, okay. You know what? So I still do. I did the Alm of Medicine show. Oh, for cool. ten years, right? Yeah. And that yep. really didn't end for any reason except the pandemic. Like should we try to keep doing it online? And then they were going through construction because legalization was happening and they were changing their business model. And then all of that turned into the pandemic. And so it was like, do I want to go back to trying to do a once a month show there? It was stressful. It was more stressful than I realized it was over 10 years. It made me feel like, oh my gosh, I'm still, I still have so much to do. It always (laughs) felt like so much to do because it's like, oh, we're on the same night as a University of Michigan football game. Oh, Mm. that headliner is stuck in the snow and can't find a place to park and (laughs) nobody's here. And it it, it, it was so fun and wonderful. And I met so many great people, but I still do 50 first jokes. Yeah. So 50 first jokes is this will be like the eighth year or something. Last year it was canceled because of I had COVID and there was a whole Omicron thing going on. Oh, yeah. It was really yeah. bad in January. Like, so many people on the staff, like, comics kept falling out, and I had to replace them because they were sick. I was sick. Like, it was sucking. People were mad because they were going to have to wear masks. Like, it oh, was... For, and then okay. The, yeah. 
but 2020 yeah 51st jokes was baller <laughs> it was so great because it was right before everything happened and we sold out and everybody That's was so we cool. partied next door and you know so i already have the date for 2023 which is january 3rd that's so cool so that's already booked and um I already have comics asking me, like, hey, are you doing that? It's like, oh, yeah. It's either because they want to not do their own show. Like, some comics that run a show want to yeah. take that night off so they can come do this show just because right. it's fun. Have you been? I you- have. Oh, okay. Were you in one of the early ones? No, but when I was first uh, doing, when I first started stand-up or maybe shortly after, I think uh, you had been doing the show for one or two years, and I came to a to like a couple in a row of but home I, or 50 first jokes 50 first jokes oh my gosh okay wow. yeah it's all blending together yeah okay. i know <laughs> <laughs> shit yeah um so i was wrong so you didn't leave comedy maybe you just left like the open mic circuit or something well yeah because really for a while what was satisfying to me was doing home of medicine okay uh, doing this, you know, okay. so this yeah. is about four years deep, I guess, and which is so strange to think about its time warp. But um, I lost interest in the hustle just because it ma- it wasn't good for my health. It just yeah. wasn't good for my health. Being in a car by myself, being in a bar by myself, being around a bunch of strangers, being nervous all the time driving late at night in the snow, sleepy, like all of it. I was like, this really isn't good for my health. Like even if I was making a lot of money, I would be driving around by myself 200 days a year. Yeah. Which is not good for me. It's just not good for me. So in those times in my life when I could have a show and run it, Mm -hmm. I love that because I can sort of control my circumstances a little bit more. But going and waiting two hours nervously while everybody goes so I can go so you can go for five minutes for five minutes and you're like oh my gosh like it was so when I do it it's fun yeah but I don't have that urge to like go find and and the scene is really ripe right now there's yeah. all kinds of fun things going on. There's improv going on. There's stand-up everywhere. There's festivals all the time. Planet Anne is back on and kicking ass. But I'm like, do I want to go to Hamtramck at 10 p.m.? <laughs> because then I'd be getting home. Y- you know what I mean? My whole motivation about it is completely different now. Like, exactly. Yeah. I've been trying to get together with you, and then I saw you post this book. Are you curating things that you love? Tell me about it, because I'm looking around, and I'm just like, oh, my God, this is so fun. I want to spend hours in here and, like, ask you a question about every... I'm looking at children's books and fantasy books and garden design books and ancient Egypt books (laughs) all right around right behind Dora. So tell me about getting this collection before we get to Master of Poisons. Sure. Most of our books come from donations from people who were either cleaning out their houses. We do, unfortunately, sometimes people pass and they leave large collections behind. And so we do sometimes acquire those. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We also occasionally go to like huge book sales if if someone's doing one of these like 50 cent book sales or something and pick stuff up yeah but mostly we don't we haven't had to pay for books we've been very fortunate to receive just stellar donations yeah 
This year, for the first time, we did start working with companies that sell remainders, like books that didn't sell the first time around, because I wanted to get some stock in, you know, the used book trade. People don't often give up their books until they're already 10 or 15 years old. Yeah. And um, while I adored and terribly miss borders, I just couldn't look at one more border sticker on a book. Yeah, (laughs) right, 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 right. So I wanted to get some stuff in that was a little bit more recent. So I did purchase some books through a remainder service. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, we recently spent a little bit of money to to purchase part of a collection from someone who had been a writer and was just a real bibliophile. And so those ancient Egypt books that you see behind me, those were from his collection. Oh, yeah. Um, but I mean, that's a whole section. It's a whole shelf. It, it's our, we now have an ancient history section. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That we didn't have before. So that was why, you know, it was worth uh, paying a little bit. And he also had some great pulp science fiction that's that's over here. Some, like, oh, yeah. some of the books with like the old fabulous covers. Yes, I might have to leave with some of those. Because I'm thinking <laughs> about whenever, w- have you read um, Stephen King's On Writing? Yes. We yeah. have a couple copies here. Of course you do. So I did a show with um, Ellie. Do you know Ellie? Ellie's not yep. that funny. Yeah. Uh, she's, yeah, so, yeah. And we talked about that book. And in his books, he talks about these little, you know, scary books that he used to read. And mm-hmm. I always want to go find them. And that one on the front right there, that like green girl. Yeah. <laughs> looks like. That's exactly what I'm picturing. It's like there's probably a monster or she's possessed or do, what do you know offhand what we, that's about? Uh, that's actually science fiction. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But we have a, some reproductions actually of EC comics, which I think were very much his thing, like 50s oh. horror comics, like Tales from the Crypt type thing, but before yeah. Tales from the Crypt was a thing. Yeah. And we have some novelizations of Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love it. I feel like I'm once again getting to talk to an expert about something that they're awesome about. And you posted about this book, Master of Poisons. And I'm like, okay, let's do that one. Let's do that one. (laughs) I ordered it. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know anything about the author and just jumped right in. So it's relatively new, right? Like 2021? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, this is one of the ones that I got from the remainder service. And I've just been over the moon about it now I want to you know follow the author and make sure I get all of her stuff okay so Andrea Hairston Andrea Hairston 2020 I jumped right into this and I have to tell you I'm going to tell you some thoughts and then I want you to like help me I want you to help me with it because I don't know if I was just exhausted or whatever when I started but I had (laughs) such a hard time getting a hold of the language because she's telling a story of this little family that then is suddenly the dad's going off to war and the and the daughter's being sold to a, another type of community and but it's the language is very it's extremely descriptive and and you have to get used to the world that she's building i guess i guess that is it Maybe that's what was hard for me at first because about three quarters of the way in this, sat down with my boyfriend. I'm like, 
I'm going to try to tell you what I think is happening in this story. (laughs) And if I'm not able to do it, I'm going to have to start over because I'm trying so hard. (laughs) And I wrote it out. I think you can tell me how far off I am. I think the author's creating a world and there's conflict and a power struggle. And then someone named Jola, D-J-O-L-A, who's the master of poisons at the beginning, which is part of a council. And he's leaving the family because he was going to go talk to the king and then he gets exiled and then he's on a pirate ship and at the same time another person is sold but then goes into this training to be like part of this other world and then there's this whole pirate thing and this whole other world training and then they're captured and tortured and then they find each other and they sort of save the world (laughs) is that close-ish Sure. Okay. (laughs) Because I'm like, I want to understand like just the basic framework without all the language. I need to wrap my head around what's going on. So have you heard this from anyone else that the language, getting your head around the language is is hard? Um, I haven't heard it from anyone else, but I do know. So essentially what this story comes down to is it's a non-Western epic fantasy that is direct a direct allegory to the climate crisis and some of the social crises that we're facing today. Yeah, oh yeah. And what I found a lot of times with non-European high fantasy, like first of all, high fantasy or epic fantasy that's European is already like a lot of court language and a lot of like rules and and you know made up words and stuff that you're not necessarily used to okay yeah so that can be a thing to wrap your head around Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but then if you're if you're kind of used to that if you're used to like Tolkien or you know yes other other writers are I'm blanking on them like Stephen Donaldson or uh, David Eddings J.K. Rowling um (laughs) you have to learn they're gonna use out there everything's gonna be made up the flowers are different the but but you're like kind of used to the concept of as we understand them in a west in a western european framework like kings and courts and courtly behavior and that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of that in this book but in a non-western european sort of way. Yeah. Like drawing largely on african traditions for the most part. Yeah. And so if you haven't been exposed to those concepts before then what's actually a fairly standard court scene like with intrigues and is this person going to poison get poisoned or is this person like vying for power yeah and who's a liar and who's just like kind of a jackass um like that can be really hard to parse if it's in a framework that you haven't seen before so that may be where you're struggling because at the core of the story it's in a lot of ways it's I don't want to say standard because it's not standard at all, but it's, it's a familiar enough to me. It's familiar. It's, oh no, that I got the the, like, that's the thing that I did get is like, this is, there's an obvious person taking advantage of another, you know, part of the world. There's obviously this land has been raped and pillaged and somebody's going to extreme measures to try to solve the problem. There's like, it's affecting every type of being that's there and life is still going on, right? Life is still going on and some people are being tortured and some people are being, um, literally blood dry, literally blood dry. And so, yeah, so it is, it's, it's violent and it's, um, 
what's pushing the story forward is Jola, right, who is the master of poisons on Azizi's council. Is that correct? Yes. And he marches in there to try to convince Azizi that he has the map forward right well there's a um so so there's a couple things going on like there's obviously a few different factions but azizi's council he's basically the emperor of i guess what we would call the civilized world right like he he kind of oversees like not just his own immediate city but you know a bunch of different other cities and he's kind of like not really responsible for, but you know, the pirate kings, like the even. Commonwealth of England. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> People exactly. who are members of the He's Commonwealth. An imperialist. Yeah. <laughs> if so, if you're a member of a, a Commonwealth type land, then maybe this book would be for you. There you go. <laughs> If you've ever had to deal with people in power making decisions you don't agree with, this yeah, book may be for you. That literally steal your resources and your soul, there then you this go. book may be for you. Um, but so, so Jola and Azizi sort of came into power together. And Azizi was, we find out later, placed on the throne, even though he didn't really want that level of power. Yeah. And they kind of use the old adage you know well if you want that level of power you should never have it so that's why they gave it to him and then he turns out to not be a very good politician right <laughs> right it's um, disappointing <laughs> and Jola's probably the better politician yeah. when he can think straight but he's also really impulsive yeah so he his title is master of poisons and we should say that the land is being corrupted by this poison sand and we don't really find out exactly what processes are leading to that but it definitely has a parallel with how we're poisoning the earth and this poison sand is sort of encroaching upon everything and so the cities are walled off and some of them are fairly effective strongholds and then there are havens like in the mountains and far out to sea but the common person is just being absolutely destroyed by this poison sand crops and it, you know, it makes people physically sick. So Jola's role is to try to find a solution. And guess what? (laughs) Guess what happens? He goes and guess what? Everybody is mean to him and banishes (laughs) him because he has a good idea that will save the world. (laughs) Yeah. But the, the good idea involves compromise and they're, they don't want to do that. Right. Right. And to say that there is backlash for him bringing his ideas to the council is, I mean, the understatement of the year. Let me explain what I mean about, because this is what took me, let me see. Awa returned from her first Smokeland trip to Mother's Garden and let the Smokeland knowledge taste sweet on her tongue, then swallowed it quickly unspoken. That made her muscles lumpy and her joints wobbly. She snorted wisps of border void and felt dizzy. Father was still yelling at mother about an unruly daughter who would end up like witch woman Kyrie, wandering a cold mountain, bloody and bitter, childless and without love. Mother distracted him with a sack of jewels and coins while Awa struggled back to her everyday self. So I just read, this is pretty early on in book that is about 500 and something pages this is page 23 this is when I'm trying to get used to like the way 
the, the language is, is going to be. So wisps of border void. She snorted wisps of border void. And I think what this means <laughs> is there's certain cre like they're sometimes traveling to it almost seems like there's they're traveling to a psychedelic state or they're traveling to a dream state and when they're saying breath bodies are they like unconscious in real life and then going off to the smoke land where they can interact with spirits or exactly how you understand Um, it okay the the smoke land is a psychedelic realm is a good way to put it but it also has like physical correlations in our world Right. But it also has physical correlations for the traveler. Yeah. So later like, when why do people I was talking about her, the six regions of her heart, like people, people go because it's a magical realm that can, you know, if you can travel it, you can actually physically bring things back from it. Right. So you can bring back cures. You can bring back abilities that other people wouldn't have. We have one character who can use it to fold space and travel instantaneously. Oh, that's right. It's a place of wonders. And it also... But, it, but it's interesting because it's not... Going to Smokeland isn't always this positive experience. Sometimes oh, no. it's desolate and dark and people think they're going to lose themselves and die and face things. And I'm like, are they talking about psychedelics? Like, what, Yeah, kind what, of. Yeah, it's like that is what it feels like. It feels like a journey of like some people are mystical and yep. they can even pull other people through that. Yeah. And yep. the the interior border I think is the more personal part of it because it like so there's there's a borderland in between the waking world and the smoke land. Yeah. And you have to cross that to get to the smoke land. And I think part of what the borderland is is like your fear of sort of giving up self. Yeah. And um your fear of like facing truths, hard truths. And once you get through that, you enter the smoke land, which is usually this, usually a positive experience, but throughout the book, it, again, it also becomes corrupted. Yeah, I think it's, it's partly a metaphysical journey and partly a very real one in that yeah. you can bring back not just truth, but physical items. Yeah, yeah. For me, wrapping my mind around, and I'm so eager, like if you guys have read this, let me know your handling of it and it might just be like since you mentioned you know lord of the rings game of thrones like all these fantasy type lands that that i of course i get used to over time because i'm like oh yeah that's how they do things there they burn this thing every month or whatever it is you just accept it the realm that the elders and awa and Baal and all them what is is that like people recruited to be trained because they have certain gifts that they can communicate with nature and animals and yes um it's it's basically it was going to be a punishment but it wasn't really it's it's considered think of how we think of people who are sort of like on the edges of society yeah so like in our society we have artists and artists you know we have people who are i don't want to say you're one of the mill artists but like people who produce art that people can get on board with easily, you know, like they, they paint kittens or something, or, you know, it's like happy scenes and, or even if it's a little dark, it's not like super dark. Right. Fun pop songs. Yeah, exactly. And then we have artists who really go deep. Yeah. And 
a lot of time people times people are so challenged by the artists who go deep that there's sort of this or or they do stuff that's like just sort of out of the norm so like carnies yeah yeah you yeah know? yeah um, sure so there's sort of like this mythology that artists are decadent and wild mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know just really transgressive when a lot of them are just people like they're just they're just willing to go a little bit deeper. Sure, sure, of course. Um, and this is the same kind of thing, I think. The um, the group that Awa is sold to yeah, as a sprite, which is sort of like a junior or a, somebody in training. Um, Mystical Garden garden Training Program. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, they eventually become Green Elders, which is like the ultimate mystical yeah. garden people. I love it. This, yeah, That world fantastic. was like, oh, she was worried at first because she'd heard all these stories about yeah how scary they were yeah you know and um and then it turns out that they're like they're like a traveling theater troupe almost except they do magic and in a way they're holding the land together so really probably shouldn't dump on them too hard but people don't necessarily know that so (laughs) right right (laughs) and and it's also it's her realizing what she is well I'm, i'm calling our female even though I feel like this book is very gender fluid wouldn't you agree oh absolutely yeah. they tell you on the first page that there's gender fluid people yeah yeah a couple of things I would tell you if you read this the beginning they give you the I'm going to say this really in a stupid way but dramatis personae <laughs> this is your cast of characters exactly then in the very back there is a glossary which I wish I had looked at before I started <laughs> the book because I'll give you an example bark paper anawanama anawanama paper made from mount idu's fig trees crack crook stopgap or slapdash procedure and these words are just in here. And then is this, so tell me, is, do you read this as just fataz? Fataz, is that yeah. how you read it? I mean, no, I read it as fuck. But, I mean, that's... <laughs> See, it, to me, it just looks like fat ass. Oh. It's like, oh. is that The, the word is spelled F-A-T-A-Z-Z. It's fat a curse. Ass. See, fat I thought ass. maybe you were asking me if I was reading the meaning as like, you know... Like, oh, no, I'm like, how fuck. do you say it? How do you say it? I was like, is, am I supposed to say fat ass? Or what am I supposed no, to say No, I there? think it's fataz. Fataz. Or just almost like a, you know, It's just a sound. Pfft. Yeah. yeah. Beca- okay, so whimwam is a gadget or a trinket. Oh, so here it is. Smokeland, a realm of vision and spirits of possibilities and maybe nots. Lahesh. A people from the north, a Yalawo floating city wise woman called witch woman in the empire. So you have to get used to like, this is a certain type of person from this area, which you do in every story. But it, it can be hard if there are, are no cultural reference points to easily hook on to. Yeah. Well, and I think it is the, I was so conflicted because I tore through it like I was <laughs> following the story along and I loved certain magical images that were brought up for me yeah so many of the scenes are beautiful so many are also horrifying torture I mean the whole story is about two sides of one coin yeah (laughs) I mean you can't trust anyone you can't trust anyone you're not sure so many horrible people in this. so many horrible people actually I really like that every major character is just a mess like they're all you're rooting for for a lot of them 
but they're all such a mess. They make terrible decisions. Yeah, for 500 pages. <laughs> yeah, they make terrible decisions. Our main character, Jola, after he goes to make his plea to the council, is is sent to live as a pirate. And I think he's trying to search the world for a certain spell. Exactly. But also while he's on the boat, he's helping cure people, but they're also raping and pillaging. Is that what's going on? I mean, they're pirates. They're pirates. They're pirating. So he's he's sent into exile with one of the most brutal pirate captains. Oh, right, 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 right. So Prezat? Prezat, I think. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Pezerat. Pezerat. Okay. Because there's some bullshit going on everywhere and people are motivated for different reasons but Pezzarot is a pirating pirate asshole who greeds and kills and Pezzarot is the most vicious out of several uh, pirates we don't meet a lot of the other pirates mainly because he kills them off throughout the story all the pirate clubs were closed for COVID exactly while this was being written so they didn't get to hang out that much exactly they couldn't the like they couldn't like make alliances like they would before to be around some pirates. <laughs> so Pezzarot pays a portion of whatever he collects to the Empire. And for that, they let him continue to rape and pillage all of the little villages that they don't care about anyway. All the little oh, seacoast villages minute, that they don't care much about. So this is a guy sent out and he rapes and pillages small villages and sends it back to the main kingdom. Because that's nothing he, like the British Empire. I'm sorry, he, I take he, it Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nothing like that at all. <laughs> no, he takes the lion's share for himself, but he's going to do that anyway. Right, so right, right. this is their compromise. This is their great idea to compromise with him. He's just paying off the mob. Yeah, he's, exactly. He's, like a, he's exactly. a mob guy paying off the police. He's like, exactly. yeah, look the other way while I take this island. That's what he's doing. Oh my gosh, that's exactly what he's doing. Jola ends up on that ship and he survives by... Drinking himself into a stupor. Drinking himself into a stupor with, it's like, what is the concoction? I think think it's like some kind of... um, It's like some kind of seed and silk. Seed and silk. I think it's meant to be a sort of opium that lets you still function. Yeah. Yeah, which is really what everyone is looking for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, In why wasn't world, that the spell he, yeah. he peddled? Why didn't everybody just have some of that? Except does it really let you continue to function? Because he starts no, falling apart he's eventually. Delu- he's terrible. Yeah. He's adult. He's adult and terrible. So he is trying to... Oh, here's the page. 240. They told me nothing of use, Pezzaret declared. Orca said you'd lost your wits trying to master... How do you? How are you saying that? Halan Shala. I'm saying it. Uh, Jalan Shala. Jalan Shala. X H A L A N. This is the spell that he's trying to master. He's trying to master this spell because he thinks that the spell will help him see all possible futures and then choose one. His goal is to learn this spell and stand on the crossroads of the green space that hasn't been corrupted by the poison sand yet and the por- poison sand so that he you kind of have to be connected to what you want to see the past and future of so he's connected to both he can see what's causing the poison sand which they don't even know at this point and then find a cure or find a future where all of this is past even it's if it's millennia in the future and grab a piece of that green from the future and bring it back that's what he thinks that the spell is okay but the spell if you're not 
sort of working it with pure intentions or if you let yourself become distracted by your own damage, which he has so much of. Oh, yeah, he's messed up. He winds up using the spell once he learns it as reckoning, what he calls reckoning fire, where instead of using it to find the best possible future, he just uses it to find the fastest path to destruction. I know. And just burn stuff down. Yeah. It reminded me of that scene in, oh my God, I should not try to reference a superhero movie because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But the terrible guy who kills everybody, it doesn't even make sense to talk about. Talking about Thanos? Thanos? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Certainly am. Thank you. That's the one. I really appreciate you understanding that <laughs> reference because I'm like, I can't, I got nothing. I got nothing. It's in one of those movies. It's that guy with the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously and you, and you nailed it. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's two main protagonists, I think, that are leading us. We're going back and forth between Jola's story and our story. And I picture Jola, Jola is a father and he's, when he went away, he left his wife, who's from a different, like, they make a distinction. She's a pirate queen. She's a pirate queen. It's interesting to think, I guess every story does this, she she was a southern belle, and he was, it, do, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's something that I enjoyed, was like how they described the pirate queens and what they were about. They Fuck were everybody. Fuck everybody. And it's not did. lost on me that like one of the main pirate queens is called Ursula. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my god. Although it's, that's it's right. spelled differently. Oh, his wife was Samina. Samina. Right? And was yeah. that her sister? I I believe it's her sister. Or okay. um or was the other pirate queen her sister? I don't know. Oh no, Ursula's the sister to the emperor's wife. The other pirate queen. Okay. And Samina's from that same tribe right. or same, and they, you know. So one of them, somehow, like, he used to be connected to the main kingdom, Azizi. He was on that council. There are people that work in the kitchen. Lilat and Ursula maybe work in the kitchen and of, of the kingdom. And so they have, they are communicating with him somehow on the pirate ship and when he says like grain, I haven't heard from let grain. Turn, let is, me turn to my dramatis personae for a moment. Yes, please, please. Okay. I got to tell you, the turn from the pirate and her being tortured, the turn from that era to them meeting up, I was fired up about that because I was <laughs> like, I cannot take anymore. They're both just going through hell. Nothing's going well. And it seemed to be. That's why it's so good. For a split second, it seemed to be. Yes, yes, you're right. You're right. For the pirates. So Queen Ursula is the pirate queen and Azizi's wife. And Azizi's the emperor. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. And then Kyrie, she's the Ilawo of Mount Aidu and she's Samina's sister. So Samina is Jalo's wife and Kyrie is her sister and she's the one who's able to, she's like this fabulous sorceress um, of the mountains. She's been able to keep out the poison sand just pretty much by force of will where other mm-hmm. where other magicians have to use all kinds of horrible spells. I just went out there one day and was like, bitch, don't even come over here. <laughs> she's like, I'll put up these little gates, but... I think they just don't even know better. Yeah. They just know better. They've heard about me. But she's the one who's able to fold space to get messages from Grain, who's the master of Grain in on the council, messages from Grain to Jalo. And Grain, it, 
turns out later is one of these gender fluid people called Vaisans. Probably not saying that right, but Vaisans. And V, which is the pronoun for them. Right. V's able to get messages to Jalo through Kyrie, who folds space to sort of just, she drops them in the pirate's lap, and then he takes it to Jalo. And I think that she's mostly sending them directly to the pirate just to remind him in little ways of the power that she has. Like, don't don't mess right. with me. Also, it reminds you that there's people on the outside trying to get a hold of him, trying to... There's so many lies being communicated. <laughs> I know it's hard to relate in this day and age, but there's people in positions of power lying all around. Fiction <laughs> is so fascinating. Can you imagine? <laughs> I know it's really hard to imagine, but sometimes people just lie to him and sometimes they just and, lie and to everybody. sometimes like wealthy interests seem to outstrip the common people's interests. I can't believe that. Weird. It's hard to believe. So weird. It's super weird. Uh, let me explain something about the vividness of the descriptions in here. So I'm on page 243. I'm going to read a little bit here just to give you a sense of the language. They observed Jola with dull eyes. Thief lords did swift trade in human flesh. They deserved a poison death too. Railing at the crossroads gods for their indifference, Jola touched the captive's chains. In the midst of murky tomorrows, he glimpsed a free future. People stepping off a waterwheel boat in the floating cities, enchanted by garden barges and sky windows. Locks burst open in a flare of light. Crystals in the stone well swallowed void dust. Jola barely had time to register this. The captive shrieked. Jola used a lahesh blade to slice through shackles. Run, he pointed at the beach. Today we're free. They gaped at his oozing eye and smoking hand. Nobody moved. Jola couldn't reach the locks or their, on their spirits. Shrugging, he danced Jalan Jala around the market square and called to the future of the Thief Lord City. Whatever merchant house or abode he spied with his right eye and touched with his left hand burst into white-hot flames. After a blast of heat, cool treasure glittered. A humble bakery became ten gold nuggets. A merchant's palace turned into a bloody garnet. A spirit house dissolved into yards of cloud silk. Reckoning fire swallowed one building after another. Samina's chill kept him frosty. The spells of spells had finally yielded to him. (laughs) A lot just happened right (laughs) now. He's made a quick decision and shit is starting to go down. Like I said, impulsive. <laughs> He's impulsive. <laughs> yeah. And it, it so this this really threw me because I was like, is he mad because he wanted to set them free and they didn't want to go? So he just like said, fuck it and cast the spell, not knowing what was going to happen. Because it seemed like the repercussions of the spell were just weird. Okay, so I have some comments. I have some things to talk about. Tell me, tell me. Okay, so a couple of things. First of all, so much of this book is just about like getting over yourself. Yeah. Like he's he's hampered in his ability to find the spell for so long because he can't stop looking inward and he can't stop mourning his family. Even before he knows that they're like really suffering or possibly dead, he's already like pre-mourning their their existence because he's separated from them. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he just wallows and wallows and this spell is about finding truth. Okay. And you can't find someone else's truth if you can't hold your own. So in that moment, he thinks he's idealistic. He thinks that he wants to save everybody. 
but he's just been all about himself for the for the most part once his once his map to tomorrow failed he like gave up right. and turned inward and this is the first time that he's really turned outward and he was so close to mastering the spell that this gave him the opening that he needed to master it and oh. Because he's impulsive, he didn't like rein it in like maybe he should have, and he goes around destroying things. The reckoning fire turns things into their market worth, not necessarily their true worth and not necessarily what they truly cost. Oh. Because I would think that the reckoning fire, like I was surprised a little bit that the reckoning fire didn't turn things into what they actually cost. Like in an imperialistic society, so many things are built on blood and pain. Yeah. That if you turn things into what they actually cost, it would just be like a a slaughterhouse, I think. So instead, it's turned into sort of like what it would be, what it would be worth market wise, and it instead turns it into jewels and cloud silk, which is this really rare fabric. So the bakery is turned into ten gold nuggets because that's probably what you could get the bakery from, or what value is you know yeah. come out of it. A spirit house dissolved into... Do you think a spirit house is like a spiritual place or like a place to go get drinks? What do you think a spirit house is? That's a good question because I think spirits are used both ways here in in the book. So it's hard to say. But spirits are are more used spiritually. So maybe it's a church. Yeah, maybe. Because it turns into cloud silk, which seems like a cool thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't know what cloud silk is, but I want all my clothes made out of it. (laughs) sounds super soft it's not just the language in this book if I get a book because obviously I read all the time I remember trying to read 100 years of solitude really if I don't understand how to pronounce a word I will look it up but a name like if there's too many names that I'm not 100% sure how to say Mm. I get frustrated because I spend too much time thinking about it right see I've I usually just like come up with the pronunciation I'm going to use in my head and I just just go with it it. okay until you know I hear the writer read it later and like oh man yeah like Vesson I was like okay yeah that's the way but but I've been saying vi Vi, oh, vi instead, instead of, of v. v yeah v-i-e uh, is like the pronoun right for yeah yari and yes and that and it is vi in english but i was thinking v because of she and he oh since it's the equivalent okay but you could easily be right too yeah yeah, yeah. so i feel like we've been talking a lot about shola let's talk about awa and then let's talk about i kind of want to find out do you know much about this author now no, but I'm going I'm going to look up everything. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like I um, was I was really impressed with with the book. I it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, you should buy it if not for me from somebody else. Yeah. It's really good. But, but but buy it from Dora. Why not? What's that website? I only have a few pages. I only have a few <laughs> copies. Well, what's the what's the website? I don't know oh, if we uh, said it. Detroitusedbooks.com. Oh, that's so great. That's easy. Detroitusedbooks.com. That is easy peasy. So, um the the allegory not the allegory but the the this is a battle that has to do with the saving of nature and all that is very clear oh, the yeah. empire versus the humble man battle is very clear the part that i'm loving is sort of the spirit world interaction and effect on outward things and the fact that that's like a place where people go to train and build those, which kind of makes me feel like, you know, when the kids in Harry Potter books find out they're supposed to be a wizard, you know, they're like, (laughs) oh, really? I have powers? I got to go learn how to 
So it makes, it makes me think of Steven Universe training with, with Pearl, who's Steven all about Universe? like fighting and his, his powers are all defensive. So wait, what is it anyway. so dumb that I don't know who Steven Universe is? No, Steve. Oh my goodness. You're in for such a fun time. Okay. Steven Universe is amazing. It's a kid's okay. cartoon. You have to watch it. Okay. I'm yeah. on it. Is it new, old? It wrapped up a few years ago and then they had a movie and then they had, um, and then they had like sort of a sequel, Steven Universe Future, which is all about him dealing from the trauma of the events he went through as a little kid. Amazing. And is it peep? Is it cartoons? It's cartoons. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. I can't wait. He starts out as a kid. He's um just really quickly, Steven Universe summary. Okay. Steven Universe is a kid. He's like half gem and the gems are these entities who are connected okay. to particular gemstones and they all have powers and they don't know if he's going to have powers. And it turns out, you know, that his power is just being a sweetheart. I mean, not really. He has literal powers, too. But also his main power is that he's all right. Yeah. But it's also an allegory for the queer experience. It's amazing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'll look it but up. It made, it made me think of, of him training in spaces that, although they were very real, like, you know, they're it's set on Earth. But the spaces where he goes to train are all like on the moon or in like this fantasy landscape or, you know. Oh, that's fun. So, yeah. So this world, the the smoke land and training of the is it griot? Do you say griot? Uh, gri- I think it's griot. Griot. Okay. Yeah. So griot is a like storytelling. Yeah. And that's type and that's person. that's a that's a word that's used in Creole. Oh, okay. Griot. Okay. Yeah. Are the other ones too? I don't know very much about African languages, but I did recognize a handful of African roots. Oh, okay. I'm sure that Andrea. Hairston thoroughly researched it and that people who are familiar with these languages recognize the roots in a lot of these. I've read a number of Nigerian and and authors from other South Africa and other African nations. So I was able to recognize some of the roots, but I don't really have that close cultural connection to them. Yeah. Yeah. But well, so Awa and Baal are friends going through this training and the the other thing that we're following most of the time is Awa's story taken from her family and is suddenly in this community where she can't tell if she's being like punished or trained but then suddenly she's just accepting growing into herself the wonderful thing about this story is they're at one with nature you know and they're drumming and dancing and communicating with song and singing their stories and drumming their stories which is something yeah. that I can totally relate to I'm like <laughs> oh these are my friends okay I get it here we are well, these are my people and Awa her father is a failed green elder and her mother is a natural smoke walker what they call the people who travel to the smoke lands and Awa, very young, shows a tendency to do this as well. And she's, you know, there's there's pictures of honeycombs and bees on the cover because she's very, she's so in tune with nature that like the bees just adore her and would fight live to the literal her death for yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. And so her parents recognize this in her and they're not in a community where it's safe to be what she is. Partly for that reason, or that's what her mother seems to tell herself anyway, mm-hmm. but mostly to save the family from financial ruin she's sold to the green elders as as a garden sprite or to live as a garden sprite and they take her and other children and young adults that they've purchased or bargained for off on their travels to to learn their skills and to find out what they are yeah but it's also made very clear in her journey that although she was sold away from her family and 
would never feel comfortable going back because how how could you yeah she's very early on given the choice to leave and it's made clear that she can leave if she wants to yeah that they'll leave her in a safe place so she doesn't have to like worry about dying by the side of the road Mm -hmm. she's given more than one option or more than one opportunity to to just peace out if she wants to yeah and yet she's told every step of the way by yari who is sort of the head of the this group of green elders and mm-hmm. one of the most powerful and a player and a player yeah. <laughs> and a vesson banging everything oh my goodness and she has her one true love i know or she has she has your one true love always told at every step of the way you can leave if you you know if you're not into this but i think that you're really special i think that you could be something amazing but it's up to you yeah and even though she's really bitter about it for a good part of the book she does mm-hmm. stay with the green elders and mm-hmm. and eventually it helps her grow into herself like you said. Yeah. And so my favorite part of the book was them learning who they are and the yeah. way they communicated, the way they love each other and the way that they talk and they talk about and again this thing reminds me of the psychedelic community <laughs> because you can just walk up and start talking about the yeah. expansiveness of the universe or plant medicine recipes or whatever and and it's no big deal. And people are right there with you. They're right there with you and somebody's yeah. beating a drum while you're doing it. It's like, "Oh, okay, I understand these people." But then the shit hits the fan. I am not clear how that all went down. I'm not sure why she ended up a prisoner. Like, where did Yari go? I think I missed something. I was tired or like, I don't know what. I didn't understand how she got in so much trouble all of a sudden. The green elders are always hunted. One of the things that we probably should have mentioned is Hazram. That's right. Hazram is bad. He's, he's bad. He has his own little, you know, city off on his own that he controls he's been wanting to sit on the council forever but he's you know he's an evil wizard basically and they don't want him no matter how much political pressure he brings to bear and so he just kind of does his own thing um and they don't really dare stand up to him because he is he is powerful enough that if he weren't such a dick he would be on the council wait this is weird i don't understand this so you're telling me that there's somebody who wants to be in power and they're really crazy and mean um, but there's people that still follow him. It's so weird. It's I love weird. fiction. It's yeah, that's interesting because it's if you guys can wrap your head around this, like nobody wants this guy around, and he's doing evil, mean things. Really, obviously, it's about him and his ego and his need for power <laughs> at whatever expense. But. He just keeps doing it. And there's people that just keep following him. I know. He, and and he, the people who are really in power just kind of go, oh, well, that's just Hazram. They're like, well, give him a shot. Yeah. I mean, let him at least say his piece. Let him have his own city over there. And, and but can, he, he okay. keeps his city safe from the poison sand by taking these people with abilities. And the better trained, the better for him. But especially the ones who can walk in smoke land, the smoke walkers. He sends them into a permanent dream state and then uses the, or the smoke walkers he sets in, sends into a permanent dream state and uses them in smoke land to bring power and ability back for him. Never mind that it's poisoning the smoke land. Oh my God. I, okay, that clears up <laughs> so many things because I'm like, is he, 
extracting their blood and drinking it or is he that's a different group the group the group that Awa is in at first because he doesn't realize she's a smoke walker when she's captured but anyway the so the other group the the ones that he doesn't know are smoke walkers but he does know they have these abilities they call them transgressors oh that's right the that group he keeps alive just enough that he can take their blood on a regular basis and use that to fortify the spells that keep his city safe. So those are the dream gates that they talk about because they, they're put into like sort of a stupor as, as they're taking their blood yeah, to sort of heighten their abilities. And then um, the blood is used to feed the dream gate and hold back the sand and hold back the well, corruption in the land. That's very dark. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, so Hezram is Very always looking dark. for a supply of people with these abilities. When Yari and the other Green Elders announce that they're going to hold the ceremony to make Awa and Ball and, and their cohort uh, help them transition from being garden sprites, which are sort of trainees, to Green Elders, which are the professionals. It's a whole thing. They get a certificate. Their parents exactly. come. There's cake. There's, there's cool hats. There's they coconut wine and fruit bread. <laughs> Every time they said fruit bread and coconut wine, I was like, oh, that sounds great, actually. That sounds good. So they're in the middle of their ceremony, and then what happens? They get ambushed by forces working for Hazram. Oh, my God. That's right. So they're ambushed. It's the one time that their their guard is down. They're given drugged wine that sort of throws all of them off their game. And so even though they do put up a fight, they're not at their full power. And the group that's ambushing them is they came ready. So they capture them, they split them up. Or I'm sorry, this group isn't working for Hezram. Uh, this group is this group is acquiring people for different reasons. So when they're first ambushed, Yari, Ball, and Awa are given options. They're told that you can be, what is it, a wife, a warrior, or something else. Oh, that's right. And, or I'm sorry, Ball and, not Yari, Yari. Ball and Jod? Jod? No, no, Jod's an asshole. He gets exiled. He's an asshole. That's right. He ends up doing bad things. He starts and, doing and bad Neth. things. And Neth. Ball and Neth choose right. warrior, and I forget what the other one is, a priestess maybe or something. And they're taken with one group, and Ara, Awa chooses wife. And so she goes off to become the wife of a chieftain. And that group is raided by Hezram's forces. And she's taken at that point to Hezram's citadel where she's... It's not called a citadel, but that's basically what it is in, in Western European <laughs> fiction, which this is not. But anyway, she's she's taken back to, to Hezram's stronghold, and that's where they start bleeding her as the first group of, of mystics that hold the dream gate. And she's always in danger of slipping into the Shadowlands because it's her natural state to do that. And so yeah. she lives in fear that she's going to get caught doing that. Yeah. And will be turned into, you know, one of the dark sprites on the other side. Wow. And I picture this, the way they describe Awa, how do you picture Awa? How tall? How old? How, what is this life span that they're in? Is it 12 I mean, to 20? They, it, they actually say when she's captured, she's, I think, 15. Oh, so, she, so she's maybe 22 Either at 15 the or 17. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, not that it really matters. I, I guess she's, she's 17 when she's, when she's captured because they were talking previously about how she had just become a woman, which they do at 16 in this book. Oh, right, 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 right. It's so, epic. 
it's so, epic. Yeah. That's something. But she's to captured know. when she's about twelve, the first time, or sold when she's about twelve. Do you know what I would say? Read this when you have the luxury of time. Like take it in, take it in. I think I was reading it fast. I'm actually about halfway through my second read. Are you? Yeah, and it's pick up a lot that you don't see the oh, first I'm time sure. through. Yeah, I'm sure. And because what I'm realizing, and I love it at this age, <laughs> is I need to be more open to those books. It's like, sure, I should just pick a pronunciation and go with it. <laughs> I should just because that's what everybody I mean, be, be has really- to do. <laughs> Be willing to be like, okay, and correct in the middle, but yeah. Well, yeah, no, because I think like that is reading. If you're five years old, a bunch of words look like something you don't know, but you just learn them. Yeah. You don't quit reading because you don't know the words, you know, and and I'm just like, oh, there's too many words I don't know how to say, but it's like, well, okay, that's the way it is for everybody at some point in their reading journey or they're learning a new language or whatever. You have to get used to it, but it's epic. Like we're talking about all these things that have happened with the pirate ship and Awa getting captured and bled. And I mean, the best fantasy takes you to like 15 different kingdoms. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and this is another thing that happens to me when I'm watching anything. Like I remember having this roommate a long time ago that watched Lord of the Rings just 24-7. It was projected on our wall. It was wow. constant. <clears throat> and I kind of loved. Lot. I kind of loved it. We watched all the, you know, making of and backstories, everything. Oh, those and, are cool. And at some point, I would be like, I just need to know where they're going. You know, like they're just <laughs> always walking <laughs> in some vast plain or up a mountain. I'm like, can yeah, you but do the soap opera thing where you like repeat the plot really quick? Or you just can just so we know no, where no, we no. are. Previously on this <laughs> is great, but also just like a just like this way to Middle Earth or something. Like every once in a while they show a map. Like, like those old movies where they do a map and there'd be a line crawling yeah, across. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> that's what I want. And this, in this, I was like, oh, that is something that... There, There is a handy map in the front. There is a handy map. This is another thing that I'm just not great at. Arcus City, <laughs> Mount Edu. I'm like, oh, what's Arcus City? The floating cities. Oh, I remember hearing about them. This place, I love it. It's called Beyond the Maps, which means we didn't map that part. Perfect. We didn't Here map there be We monsters. didn't do that. We didn't do that. Holy City. Yes, I remember that. Barbarian City States, Golden Gulf. Okay, so Arcus City is the is the empire's capital. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And then I love it, the salty sea, as opposed to the peppery sea, which is a totally different place. Okay, but like this sea right there is especially salty. (laughs) Yes, it's salty. It's so salty. You have no idea. People are like, we got to just name it that. You just walk across it. You do. (laughs) Bring a container because you can take salt (laughs) and it's still, it just is going to be there. I don't even know where it's coming from. (laughs) So, of course, Awa's story, and I guess I was just so surprised. I can't believe I didn't see it coming that Awa's story was going to cross with Jola's. I, you know, I was hoping it would recross with Ball, but I really didn't see them all meeting up in the end. I can't believe I didn't see it coming because now it's like, <laughs> duh, you know, of course they are. How else is it going to end? But I didn't know if it's, do you know if this is part of a series or part of I an don't arc? Know. Oh, okay, okay. I don't know. But Sorry, honestly, you guys. I could have looked that up and then we would all know. <laughs> And I was too, I was just into the book. But honestly, I could go either way with that because I really feel like, I, I feel like the story ends here. Yeah. Because yeah. this is the story of getting your over, over yourself on an individual and a national level. 
yeah. and learning to work with other people and they do and, and they do you know, and, and the here's, here's what's interesting the end that's it guys <laughs> but how they do it awa is connected to the horse and the dog and the bees and the crows and can walk in and out of smoke land and imbue people with powers and things like that ball is eventually revealed to be vessen when oh, she okay. when she is able to like kind or g v yeah i'm yeah. mixing up my neo pronouns i apologize yep, yep. neo um, pronouns yeah interesting okay when v's allowed to sort of examine ver self yeah yeah v's revealed as as vesson like when people are reunited at the end of the book there's very interesting intimacy in here too yeah well, first of all, Yari is this griot of griots who has banged everybody in the book. Not really, but most of them, right? Fabulous, yeah. Fabulous, yeah. right? <laughs> most most people over a certain age, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know Yari. Like, even the most Fantastic lover. <laughs> yes. But Yari is not a villain. I think it's just totally accepted. It's, oh, yeah, I used to hook up with Yari. <laughs> you know, yeah. like everybody, every the devil, the angel, the child. But being the elder of elders, Yari is also vilified for being sort of the epitome of this other yeah. that they project yeah. onto, onto the green elders. So there's this weird... I don't want to say love hate, but there's this like weird fascination repulsion thing going on throughout the book with the entire adult cast and Yari. Yes, <laughs> it's like really yes. fun. They're like that freak turns everybody. Me on. Everybody loves <laughs> Yari, like I genuinely respects I know, and cares it's for. It's but also some of them kind of want to kill the. You know, I know. Uh, it's, it's because at the end of the day, they want to be invited back to their burning man camp exactly because yari's got the greatest burning man <laughs> camp you got to imagine the I, parties I, are fantastic the parties that's why fantastic. the group wasn't super surprised to see a couple of strangers there right who wouldn't want to come to our parties they're right. fantastic right a lot of weird things happen they team up they sort of flee mass destruction as the world is crumbling around them and they yeah. go hide in the city and see what has become of it after all this time and it comes full circle like they they come back there's there's closure can i just say soot is a very good dog oh yes best dog yes soot and the horse is fanny yeah fanny's got a whole story Fanny's a whole deal fanny's <laughs> got a whole story soot's got a whole story mango's a whole deal Oh, wait a minute. Mango. Mango's a horse, the too? Elephant. <gasps> Mango's an elephant. The elephant is and the they, best. Gosh, They're all the guys, best. We didn't but even Soot is a very good dog. Yes. Yes. Really good dog. And you guys, I guess I kind of want to see this brought to life, too. It is very, very colorful. I want to know what a cathedral tree looks like. I want to oh, know yeah. what cloud silk looks like. And I want them to do it different than we've seen it before. I want it to be oh, really yeah. weird, you know? Because... Yeah. The scene where they sneak as a crew into the city under the guise of being like a little act there for the festival, right? They're, they're the yep. little ca uh, carnival or what, what do you, what do you yeah. call it? They're a caravan of theater people or whatever yeah. coming in and they're performing. And that scene alone, because they're also setting up to unleash some shit right yep. then. And yeah. 
save people and all that, but they're doing it while they're doing this little theatrical performance. It it felt like a nice nod, and I don't know if it was intended this way or not, but it kind of felt like a nod to the play within the play. Yeah. In Hamlet. Yeah. But but it is a convention in a lot of fantasy in different cultures for like the theater troupe to be you know, or the bards or whatever to be the group that the kind of infiltrates because Nobody cares often, about them. <laughs> uh, nobody cares about them, but they're also invited everywhere. Right. They're harmless. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Those, come on oh, in. they're so silly. Hey, this improv troupe wants to sleep on our floor tonight. <laughs> okay. What could Sweet. possibly go wrong? Yeah. Been there. And you're like, what? Did they really trust us? They don't know <laughs> shit. They don't, they don't know, know who shit. we are. They don't know who we are. Maybe they're freaks. So, in conclusion, are we going to be on Dateline? Yeah, I've, I got to <laughs> tell you, I really appreciate this conversation because I think I could give it another read. Is there an audio? Ver- I might want to listen. I might want to yeah. listen because I think it would really draw me in to hear the emphasis put on what. Well, and I'd yeah. I'd love to have a great narrator. Like I'd love to hear a great narrator or voice actor read yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's just so much depth here that, you know, I think a I think a voice actor could really do it justice. Yeah. And have so a lot of fun. Can you tell us if the end is hopeful? Like based on the last page, is the end hopeful? Yeah, I thought so. I thought so too. I thought so. I mean they they had finally started it's basically a variation on Jola's map to tomorrow. Yeah, 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 That yeah. he presented in the first few chapters. Like, he finally does see the realization of his project, even though he's not the one to, like, actually right. bring it to completion. Right. Although, in a way, he is. No spoilers. So, I didn't think that that was super abrupt. So, does a very good dog. Yes. But a, yes, a, yes. Azizi is finally in a place where he actually, he doesn't, he's a terrible politician. He doesn't really want to lead, but he does want to facilitate. He's tired of it. He's he's a good facilitator yeah. if everybody's sort of willing to have the conversation. Right. He just seems like he's exhausted from dealing with just other assholes forever. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, he just, vibe. he's not good at convincing people who don't want to have the conversation. He's not good at standing up for his own opinion. Oh, no. He's not a motivator. But, you know, <laughs> it's it's the difference between, you know, somebody giving a TED Talk and somebody leading a panel. Like, he's 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 a good panel guy. Sure. You got anything to say? Yeah. No, no. I have no opinions of my own. <laughs> You're evil. You're a little evil, too. All right. That's are, wrap are it we up. All, are we all evil? All right. Well, thanks for coming. And uh, Can we try to suck just a little less so our children don't die in the streets? Just you for guys a week? up for just trying? Can we just raise a cool, thumb cool, for cool. trying? Yeah, yeah. So they all try at the end. They don't really go enough, I think, into the process because they explain at the end that like there's a bigger diversity on the council and they're having meetings outside now, which I presume means that in front of an audience so yes. that it's more open. yes. I would have liked to see a chapter or two on watching that process evolve just because we've been so involved in all of the other political processes. Yeah. That was the thing that I felt was maybe a little abrupt, but even that I didn't mind too much because again, the story was basically, it's not really the story of forming all these little alliances now, you know, it was the story of getting to this point where they could be here. In order for us to get to where we can even think about a new way, we got to burn some shit down. Oh, yeah. 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 That was pretty... That wasn't even, like, subtle. That yeah. was, like, legit, 
might have been a line in the book. Yeah. <laughs> it was, and, and that idea of like writing your story or telling your new story, understanding yeah. your story. I love that part of the griot, green elder. That's very important. Like being yeah. a holder of the story is very important. Well, and also like being very willing to like turn a new page. I think one of the reasons that people were so obsessed with Yari was because V was always willing to like turn a new page or pick yeah. up a different book sort of thing. Yeah. Like oh, any, like any he, story was like fascinating. Yeah. They were you know? in it all. We were like, sure, yeah. let's try that. Let's yeah. try that. <laughs> exactly. Let's put Soot in charge. Soot, you up Soot? for it? Are you Soot? a good dog? Soot's a good boy. Soot's going to be in charge now. Thanks everybody. Um, so yeah, that was easy. That was very helpful for me. If I was a much better podcaster, I would have gone and learned everything about Andrea Hairston. If I were a much better bookseller, I would have done it myself. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many, though. There's so many books in here. I can't believe. But I think about, I know, I know pretty much all the books in my possession. And there's a lot. And I've gotten rid of a lot. (laughs) Um, But now I think, you know, I can give them to you, can't I? Because sure. I have a small sure. apartment and I am happy to give you, <laughs> you could have a Reeds and Weeds shelf because there's a Excellent. bunch. There's a bunch. So, that would be a hoot, actually. So it has been wonderful to be here. The kitties have been so well behaved. They weren't all over anything. Where are they even? I think Lily's probably sleeping in uh, in the arts and entertainment room. Oh, and good. Charlie and Beetle are in the <laughs> restroom right now. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Please come and visit... Detroit Specials Used Books. Detroit Specials Used Books on John R. Yep, we're at 8275 John R. in Detroit. That's in the north end, near, yeah. uh, right near Midtown. And we're open 3 to 9, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yes. We're also open by appointment. If you know that you want to come to Detroit or you know you're going to be in Detroit especially if you're going to be in Detroit with friends you know if you want to get in touch at info at DetroitSpecials.net and just let me know a few days ahead of time we can set it up you can have the bookstore to yourselves for a couple hours Ooh, yay. And, uh, yeah that's always a blast oh and the website is DetroitUsedBooks.com DetroitUsedBooks.com so this was a super treat. Thanks for hanging in there as we figured it all out. I'm so yeah, glad you're feeling you for better. Down. Oh, I yeah. appreciate it. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. Perfect setting. So um, if you've read this, let me know. And thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.